start the recording so that we have that. Yep. Okay. And with that, let us pray. Father God, we just come and we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are keeping us all safe in the midst of the weather and by always reaching out to draw us closer to you. And so we ask that you be with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome all those who are watching to Scripture Talk. Uh, you know, we uh, have a uh, short crew today with uh, life being what it is. You know, we're always improvising, adapting, and overcoming. Uh, Pastor Trey is uh, still on his sabbatical for uh, taking care of new family. And uh, weather has caused issues with Stacy being able to log in. A lot of people uh, around here are without power and stuff. And the midst of you know the uh, winter storm in Texas, but uh, as always, you know I am uh, Pastor Scott. Glad to be here uh, with me as always. Go, Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley impersonating a popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so it has definitely been cold in this area. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, the first time I ever know of having single-digit, uh, you know, uh, temperatures here in this part of Texas. You know, they, they kind of deal with that up in the Panhandle. Here in East Texas, we don't really deal with this. Uh, we're, we're used to maybe hitting triple digits when it comes to summer, but this single-digit stuff is for, for the birds. You know, winter wonderland, right. white stuff everywhere. Our infrastructure isn't set for it. But that's okay, uh, because this even plays into what we're looking at in our message today. And uh, so with that, we are taking a look at the Gospel of Mark, and we're in chapter 1, looking at 9 through 13. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended to him. That's God's word right there. And Mark as is his tendency, he just gets down to business. There's no flowery explanation. There's no long uh, windedness. Uh, I don't see Mark as being one of them four hour uh, preaching pastors. You know, at least not his gospel is any uh, indication. He just short, succinct, sweet, tell it, tell it, just kind of, here's the bare <laughs> facts. <laughs> But, uh, you can it, finish the book of Mark in one day. Yeah. 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 He, he was just jotting things down to let people have an idea of, hey, here's what's going on. You know, we, we tend to think it's the uh, earliest one of the Gospels written. And so he was just trying to get the information down. And so. Oh, excuse me, y'all. So he starts off right off here. Jesus's baptism. And in everything that Jesus did, uh, he was both fulfilling prophecy and setting examples for us. You know, why was Jesus baptized? Well, it wasn't because he needed cleansing from sin, because Jesus 
was sinless. You know, he, he you know, as, as John himself understood, we see there in Matthew 3, where we get a little extra information, you know, Jesus, you know, he's like, you know, <laughs> you want me to baptize you? I, you should be baptizing me and all. But Jesus was baptizing, keeping with his mention here on earth, uh, identifying with all of humanity. Um, you know, he didn't have to be baptized. But then again, he didn't have to die on a cross in our place. He did both things to express his solidarity with us, to restore relationship. Another aspect of this is that it shows confirmation who Jesus really is and the parting of the sky and the voice coming from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We talked about a little bit of that yesterday where God spoke confirmation over his son again on the Mount of Transfiguration when he said, this is my son in whom I'm pleased, hear ye him. And it just shows that Jesus is authentic person and what he's here to do. It shows that uh, God said, this is him, this is it. This is uh, the real deal. This, this, he's gonna get to work and make things happen. Oh, right. So. You know, as, as, as I mentioned yesterday, there's only two places that we see uh, God speaking audibly uh, in the New Testament. And both of them are related to him making a comment about Jesus. You know, uh, this was, I can imagine everyone looking around, realizing this Jesus must be different. God himself from the heavens is saying he's pleased in him. You know, what a strange scene. Uh, Jesus and in, in everything on the natural was very humble beginnings. Uh, even you know, Yeshua, uh, a very common, unremarkable name. Uh, he came from Nazareth, uh, what at that time was considered an unremarkable, even despised village. Uh, you know, uh, he's from the region of Galilee. Uh, most in that time is what we, we read and see the comments, the, the rabbis and all thought of Galilee as being an unspiritual region. It was not the Bible belt of its time. And, uh, and then, of course, here he is being baptized, saying that he's identifying with sinful man in the Jordan River. Now, this isn't like the most awesome river in that area. It's uh, often considered unpleasant, uh, you know, because it's, you know, the, the apparently the way idea when you read up in it, uh, some of the rabbis uh, would nullify using the Jordan for purification rituals because it was just considered a, uh, a dirty river, you know. But, yeah. you know, that on the outside of which wouldn't draw attention to him. And then you have the heavens opening up. You know, you have the spirit of God descending on him as a dove. You know, so he's being, he's getting it all in one whammy. He's got the baptism in water and you got the spirit coming upon him. And, all, and so the spirit of God was present. And uh, in this way, it says the spirit descending, you know, that other people could recognize and see it, you know. Uh, Luke 3, and this Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. So in some way, the spirit was present that others could see something was going on. And then that voice from heaven, you know, uh, just, wow, you're my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Uh, you know, we, we often want uh, validation from our father figures and, and things. And we see that the father was pleased with what Jesus 
was doing and where he had been up to that point. And uh -huh. interesting enough, um, we, you know, we know that the Holy Spirit rested on Jesus. John the Baptist saw it. That's how he was able to earlier point out that this is the one who had come to take away the sins of the world. You know, and, um, you know, I've of, often wondered, because when you read the way it says in Scripture, you know, he, we knew that they were cousins, John the Baptist and Jesus. We knew that they were, grew up around each other. But we don't really have this idea that he knew for sure Jesus is calling until that moment that it, it, it talks about in Scripture, him being highlighted to John. You know, he probably... Right. He'd probably heard the stories of the, you know, of the birth and the difference because we, we, we see that Mary spent time with Elizabeth during the pregnancy. And so we, you have this idea, if they were that close, that they probably spent time. So it's probable that John and Jesus spent time as cousins too uh, growing up. But it's just so interesting to see God choosing this bond. And even then, it, it was until he saw the Holy Spirit pointing out Jesus, that he waited for that to make the proclamation. And so that's what we have God. Right, I mean, we have one aspect that John might have had an inkling about Jesus when Mary went to visit Elizabeth. And yeah. the moment Elizabeth entered the room, uh, John the Baptist did a 360 leap in Mary's womb. Because when Elizabeth saw Mary, she said, like, the baby just left for joy in my womb, you know, knowing who, who's in the building. Yeah. So, but as you said, they might not have clicked after they were born who they really were to each other until the Holy Spirit descending from heaven gave confirmation to John that this is him. Behold, that's why he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes yeah. away the sins of the world. The Holy Spirit revealed that to him, what was revealed to him in the womb, he now put it into words at that point, what the Holy Spirit revealed to him before he even born. And this is the Messiah, this is the Lamb of God. It, in some ways, I uh, think what was going on is, especially since they were still in the womb and they weren't physically seeing each other, you had the Spirit of God that was being gifted to John the Baptist, recognizing and responding to the Spirit of God that rested in Jesus. Oh. And, and later on, uh, again, it's that same. It's the discernment of the Spirit of God that John had that allowed him to see prior to the baptism, to which point it, during the baptism, it seems that God made it open for others to see the Spirit of God descending on Jesus. And then, you know, what, what a wonderful wonderful, awesome thing when you're in the presence of God and you have that anointing come and rest upon you. And, and I, I don't know about uh, how other people view it, but, you know, I think, you know, of the anointing and you, and you think of the, you know, the power of God to go and do great things and, you know, the power of God to work and see his move. That's the purpose of us having the anointing is, you know, like, like we said, that the church is the only institution that seeks or exists, I mean, for the benefit of those outside of it. And so that's the reason that the anointing comes. And you think about being led to those moments where Jesus fed the 5,000 and things like that. But the very first thing we see the spirit leading him is right here, uh, 12 and 13. Immediately, 
you know, you know one, one, one version says the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it, and he was there 40 days, tempted by Satan. You know, he, hi, I just got filled with the Holy Spirit. What awesome thing is God doing with me? You're going to be tested, brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 Welcome to the club, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think we miss that because, you know, so often people like to think about, uh, okay, I get saved and it's all, and we've said this before, you know, it's not all happy-go-lucky once you get saved. It doesn't mean all your problems drift away. And, and even more so when you think about the purpose of the anointing, you know, is to be in touch with God's power to work out the mission of what he's left us to do here on the earth. But that also includes giving us the strength to withstand during temptation. And sometimes the spirit leads us into the temptations because it's there in the midst of the fire. You know, that refinement that comes about or only comes about when things get hot. You know, people are working with the metals. I, I never worked with precious metals, but uh, my dad uh, used to build his own uh, lead weights for uh, cast nets that he made. And so he would melt down the lead. And when, when lead, even though it's dull, when it's hot, it is as bright as mercury. But all that uh, nasty oh. stuff would, would come up to the top and dad would scoop the uh, bad part out and get rid of it. You know, and, and that's what in our lives happens when we go through the temptation. Now, with Jesus, he didn't have the bad stuff, but yet it was that difference of the free will of what was enacted with Adam. You know, Scripture likes to talk about uh, Jesus and compare it, you know, to Adam, the first Adam who uh, was given free will, had no sin, but made a choice and then therefore missed it. Jesus, uh, because of the miraculous birth, came in outside of the sin nature, had free will. And therefore, in order to fully do what he needed to do, he had to face temptation. He had to have that free will exercised and refrain from sin, avoid the same problem that the first Adam did in order to help make things right. And the Holy Spirit uh, had him ready to endure Satan, even though, Mark just gives you the remix of the account if you want to read the <laughs> full account yeah. of the temptation. Go to Matthew chapter four. <laughs> yeah, he kind of just goes in and out with that story, but it, it the full account of what Jesus went through and how he endured temptation, it encourages us when we go through temptation that we can come out of it when we get tried by fire we can come out of it unscathed as christ did when he was in the wilderness yeah he hit the devil with the scriptures he equipped god equipping with the spirit and jesus hitting with the scriptures it is written every time it is written and he ran him on for a season and it's so uh, uh it's ironic that we're talking about this because they after tomorrow begins the season of Lent. Yeah. And that's that's where this all stems off of fasting and praying for 40 days, uh, not counting Sundays, and um preparing our hearts to be ready for the resurrection. But it's a time to reflect on our mortality, a, re- a time to reflect that we are walking in the flesh, 
we repent and we get closer to God this way. And that's what Jesus did before he got a hold of uh, the Satan in that moment. He spent 40 days and 40 nights without anything to eat, anything to drink, but it prepared him for that, that battle, if you will, with Satan in the moment of that weakness. Because if you don't eat, even for a day, if you don't eat, you're weak as well, water. So you can imagine how Jesus was when he came out of the wilderness, was hungry and thirsty. And the first thing Satan said, if you be the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Yeah. Now, it, it would have been so easy for Jesus to turn that rocket disc into some wonder bread, but he didn't. <laughs> He said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's coming from Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. So each and every time that Satan had a hold to him and thought he had it, he came back with the word and the spirit equipped him for that. Yes, he did. And, and, and I kind of, you know, all, all the accounts are really truncated in, in what they give us because, as you said, he was there for 40 days. And, um, you know, Mark treats it almost as like, yeah, he had the spirit with him. So the 40 days, nah, not that big of a deal. <laughs> and, and the reality yeah, yeah, is, yeah. in the scheme of things, when we have the spirit with us, it, if we're leaning on that, that's what gives us the strength. You know, the scripture there to, to combat whatever's coming our way. And, and, he, and he clearly pointed out that the angels ministered to Jesus afterwards, you know. And so what we have seeing here is within his baptism, Jesus is being identified with sinners. In the temptation, he's also identified, uh, you know, with sinners. And that, that, that lines up with what Hebrews says, uh, Hebrews 4.15, tells us that we, we, we have a high priest. We don't, or we don't have a high priest who can't, cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in every way tempted just as we are and yet without sin. Uh, that's a bit of a paraphrase. I don't think I'm quoting it exactly. But um, he, he had that 40 days. And 40 is one of those numbers that's interesting in uh, Scripture. You know, uh, it, it's, it shows up often having to do with testing or judgment. You know, it was a Noah's flood, uh, that 40 days, 40 nights. Israel was in the wilderness uh, 40 years. Uh, Moses kept sheep in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, this is Jesus's time of testing, 40 days, you know. And so we, we know that it was not easy, easy. Uh, there was suffering. I mean, I I feel like I'm suffering when I miss a meal or two, much less <laughs> oh, yeah. on, on 40 days. But you know, we, what we see is that it's significant here that he wasn't alone. You know, uh, Jesus, the second Adam, is the unfallen Adam, you know, and we see him here with the wild beasts, uh, you know, but they don't see anything about wild beasts attacking him. Does that mean that it was peaceful? Or is it just mentioning that he was out there in the wilderness? I don't know, but it is an interesting thing that's mentioned because, you know, uh, he is the king of all things. And when you're wherever you are, if it's where the spirit has taken you and the spirit has guided you, then you're safe. Even if that's in the midst of wild beasts, if that's in a mission field out in Timbuktu or uh, wherever, if it's where God has called you, you're safe. Even in the midst of winter storms, God oh. will keep us safe. 
and be what we need. And so with that, we see, you know, the angels ministered to him. You know, at the end of this time of intense temptation, he wasn't just left on his own. Uh, you know, and so we have Jesus' authority over wild beasts. We have the angels being servants, showing that deity of him, as well as the humanity and needing yeah. someone to minister, needing someone after that temptation to say, hey, it's going to be all right. Yes, it's very important, especially when you deal with uh, ministry yourself. It's always good to have someone in your life that you can go to that they can minister to you. Because you go, you go through a lot. People don't really understand if you deal with the spiritual uh, aspects of life, if you pastor, if you're evangelist, or you're a uh, certified lay minister, whatever, if you deal with the spirit like that, you get worn out. You get worn out. People have this thing that we just keep going. We stay strong all the time. Nothing can uh, get us down. But we have moments where we get, we're in that moment with the wild beast and we get tired and we need angels to minister to us. So that's why it's important, especially in ministry, if you need somebody, you got somebody you can go to, call them up, text them up and say, hey, I, I need prayer. Lift me up, encourage me, you know, let me know I'm not alone in this. And uh, it's good to, to have that. Yeah. You know, one of our uh, core values, we can't do life alone. And um, that, that's mm -hmm. true uh, for lay people, ministers, whomever. Uh, when I was working on my counseling uh, degree, it, it, it was pointed out that self-care is important. That even as a counselor uh, trying to help other people, that if you weren't taking care of your own mental and uh, spiritual health, then you didn't have the well uh, to draw from to help others. And so uh, we, we all need to realize that, you know, even though it's difficult to ask for help, we see even Jesus had to be ministered to. We see Jesus having mm -hmm. to pull himself away to go and spend time alone with the Father. You know, it, it's natural. It is part of what it means to be in uh, fellowship. You know, and, and one of the, the great things are is that when you have uh, people in your life walking that same walk, uh, the more people you have earnestly walking that walk, the more likely that when you're in a down day, you've got others that are having an up day. And, and they can step yeah. in and, and help you out. And so what we see here uh, ever so briefly is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. His beginning is marked by the uh, presence of the Holy Spirit coming upon him, public announcement of his ministry. And instead of driving first to preach, He's driven first to pray and fast and do the spiritual battle uh, that was at the forefront of all that he did, because even his earthly yeah. ministry was just a shadow of what the intended purpose of it in the spiritual realm was to be through the cross and the reconciliation of all of humanity. And so, yeah, wow. That, that, that's yeah, a yeah that's, a, that's great, a great preparation for a mighty ministry that had an ending and a beginning that changes the whole atmosphere of things. Uh, what a wonderful way that God equips us for great things like that. 
gets us ready with the spirit and powers us up with the word and with his Holy Spirit fire and we can do great things for him uh, when he does that. So Jesus, if if he can go through stuff like that, who are we? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I, I told a co-worker of mine the other day, he, he was at work like over 12 hours and I know he was tired and everything and stuff. And I told him, I said, look, if God rested, who are you? You know, <laughs> God took a break. You need to go home, get you a nap. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you can't work like that. Go home. So if Jesus can go through the, the, the prep work, if you will, of being equipped with the spirit, going out and being tested, fasting and praying, and then going to his ministry, who are we? You know? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And uh, on that, I think it's a good place to, to land this, to talk about, one, encourage you as we move into Lent, go ahead and now be praying about uh, how you're going to participate in that. Uh, that's between you and God. Uh, fasting can include everything from obviously uh, abstaining from food and drink to uh, abstaining from your internet or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's not about the what you give up. It's about the attitude of the heart of filling that time with more time with Jesus. If you just give up food, you don't increase the time of prayer, you're on a diet. You're not, you're not fasting. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep, keep that in mind. And so uh, if you have any feedback or would like to join the conversation, you can leave a comment here on Facebook, over on our YouTube page, or on our website, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can email us at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Don't forget that there's an audio-only version of the show available after the fact. Uh, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in whatever podcatcher you prefer. And so also, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not, stay well. God is with us. Good night. Mm -hmm.